long-awaited. It's not. It's not. Episode. It's not episode nine. We're recording episode nine tomorrow, aren't we? So what's the, so but, this episode ten? But are we releasing this next week then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's episode that, ten then. This is actually quite fitting. Episode ten, the tens, the decade of the twenty ah, tens. So really, you thought about this? This has been. I think I planned this since the long run. I've been playing three D chess with you, Chris. Three D chess. Yep. What's that chess that, that that they do in Star Wars? With a little. Monsters. I don't, I don't know what that's called. Like Chewbacca hates losing. Oh, yeah, I, don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the name of it. Are you talking about 3D chess like in Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking of any Any specific... sci-fi based chess games. No, it's more of a metaphor, I guess. Uh, okay, so you weren't actually talking about But yeah, so episode 10 of the Peter Spy show. Um, we will have advertised this in the episode before, which hasn't been recorded yet. Which yeah, is we're in the pretty, future. Which is pretty trippy. But yeah, this is the the. It's been a, it's been a while coming, but we've had you know that's how time to think about this kind of stuff. And when we say think about, we <laughs> we've, we've literally given ourselves a few days to think. Oh, we've better do this episode because you you you're going away. I've been vaguely considering it since probably, probably probably in probably since the the, the turn of the year. Not, I've not I've not thought yeah, about it once. Not fully, but anyway, this is our our decade review episode. We did our did our twenty nineteen year review episode back in like episode five or something like that but this is the 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 decade of the 2010s 2010 through 2019 our favorite i think we're just gonna do albums this time out we? we did we did songs last time but you know yeah we'll pick songs from that from the album to that stick we're... on the playlist yeah but this is so we're gonna do the same kind of format as the 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 previous one it's gonna be our, our own individual we'll, i think we'll do top 10 do some more mentions um and then we try to do some kind of combined, official, Peter Spy show, top ten of the decade. Yeah, never mind Pitchfork. Never mind. Yeah, forget all that Q stuff. Q Magazine. Never mind, Enemy. This is the one you. This is the one you've been waiting for. Never mind rolling them stones. Forget that. You roll these stones. Yeah. I mean, roll these bottles. <laughs> <laughs> roll these spices. Use these spices. Use roll, the roll spice this, rack. Roll um, these stones. Uh, whatever. What I think I use. Uh yeah, so pretty much nail on the head. I think we should really have done this. Well, if we if we had thought about this before, we should have done this on the turn mm. of the year. But hey, I think you need you need you need time to you need time to think. But again, be, we've not we've not given ourselves time to think. We could use that as an excuse, though, couldn't we? That the the audience don't need to know that. We could. I, th- I think the I'm trying to actually think if there was anything that came out at the end of last year that that is that I thought anywhere around this list. No, I don't think there actually was. Um, you know anything that actually came out. Back end last year, or oh, back end. Yeah, okay. yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if we'd have thought about this list in say December, yeah, is there anything that came out like around that time that would have changed my mind? I don't mm, think so. No. no, so we could have done, but you know, well, we, that's a lesson learned for in, t- in ten years time. <laughs> the turn of, what's this? What's this one called? It's, you know, the, the decades. This decade really didn't have a catchy name, does it? Just the twenty twenties. The the ten. Oh, this one here now. Yeah, yeah. To the twenties, mate. The, the loose twenties. The, the 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 tango twenties. Anyway, so <laughs> before before we get into it, uh, as always, shout out to Gilbert for the intro slash outro. Also, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and you can find us on whatever podcast platform you listen to: Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, uh, YouTube, Cast Spotify, Box. Apple, Google Podcasts. That is now uploading. Don't need to check it live. I know that's already been checked. <laughs> So yeah, go follow us. 
Let us know. What are your albums of the decade? Yeah, and actually, you know, whoever's listening, please give us some sort of feedback. Top ten, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, if you are enjoying, let us know. If you think there's anything we should be doing differently, let us know. Any new segments you'd like, let us know. If you want us to just not even talk anymore. Yeah, if you want to just, you know, sack it in, then... Then just to say, at yeah. least that's some feedback. Yeah, I think we'd rather that than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's death threats. I mean, if we're going to start with negativity, the only way is up, isn't it, exactly. really? Exactly. Like the Pixar film. Exactly. So, while, while, like, this episode isn't the normal format, but in the other episodes, you know, we've got this we've got this kind of format that we've been doing. If you think we should be doing other things, let us know. But, yeah, what are your, what are, that's the question of the week. What are your albums of the decade? Yeah, and we have to wait till next week to think about and then, it. And then we've and then we'll we'll we ask that now, and we'll be getting the answers in like two, two weeks, weeks time, three weeks time. I guess we'd be recording, won't we? Anyway, anyway, on to it. So Chris, the, the time travel, the twenty tens. What mm-hmm. are your when you look when you when you're going to look back at the twenty tens? The tumultuous tens, I call them. What are your what are your thoughts and feelings? How are you going to remember the twenty tens? Uh, very badly. I don't know, it's, it's weird actually thinking about it, because I suppose halfway through the decade, I was at a different job. Um, so at the beginning of the decade, I was still at HMV, so you would think I would have retained, retained a lot of music from that. I've got a bad memory, so I haven't. Um, I remember it being a very good decade of music, a lot of different sort of stuff. I mean, I suppose a lot of really, really good hip-hop releases came out last year, last decade, sorry. <laughs> Uh, as well as, you know, there's other, other ones, other sort of artists that I've became, well, either in the turn of the new decade or during the decade, I became big fans of, um, which obviously we'll go through a bit later on. But, um, yeah, I think it was a good, good, good decade of music. A lot of, I mean, the thing is, all I can think about most stuff is hip hop, but um, a lot of moments. I and mean, we shouldn't, should, next time we need to do like moments. <laughs> Yeah. Moments of the decade, but yeah. that's uh, for another time, I guess. What about you? Uh, I suppose the twenty tens for me, especially early twenty tens, a very a very formative period for me. <laughs> uh, going into the decade, is that because was, of your age? <laughs> I was only what thirteen, I guess, going into the going into the start of the decade. So, and then and that's when I when I was looking back on, you know, my my albums of the decade. I suppose there are a few that not in the top ten, but like. That I'll mention is on mentions that they're not necessarily looking back. They're not necessarily great albums that I listen to now, and I'm like, wow, that's a great album. But they're just albums that at the time, so uh, impact. Yeah, yeah. So that's why some of them were on the list. But yeah, looking back, I mean, a few, a few of the, a few, if I think there's a few in particular when I were looking through where there's like a good like maybe almost like five albums just from a single year that could pretty easily have been in the probably top 10 they're not because i've tried mm. to spread it out a little bit more but you know especially some years uh strong years strong years, years. Strong, years. strong years chris strong years so what i i'm thinking i think we rather than just doing it 10 at a time i think we mix it up go top 10 each but do one at a time do clicks. go blow blow for blow and then you know discuss them a little bit yeah. Then go through a couple of honorable mentions that we want to just, you know, quick shout out, and then we'll move on to the combined scientific 10 best albums of the decade. Algebraic. Can't argue, can't argue with it. That's what it is. X plus Y equals So, that. I'll go first. All right. Now, this, mine here are in order of year of release. That's how I've ordered mine. 
so I'll go through it that way. Alright. I'll tell you what, actually. If we're going blow for blow. What? <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> I've changed my mind, actually. We were rolling with it live on air. There are two albums that we've both got on the list. Well, we should definitely do them, shouldn't we? So really? we'll do them first. Funnily enough, one of those is actually the chronologically the first album on my list, which is Tame Impala, Lonerism, their second album from 2012. Wow. 2012, yeah. 2012, yeah. Well, seven. So, in so, a... Was it, it seven years what was ago. the first album? In a Speaker. Nine years ago. What are we talking about? Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> the scientific mass equation is like, it's, it's crumbling at the yeah, seams. The, yeah, the... Um, the algorithm's broken down, Chris. Um, oh, chip, maybe just turn off. Turn what off? <laughs> the podcast. The podcast? Yeah. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so in a speak of the first album. Was that the year before? You tested me now. Um, but, yeah, Lonerism 2012, which I feel like that was kind of probably the... I'd say that was the breakout album. Kind of in some the more... Not necessarily mainstream, but... I think if you were to look at all the all their albums, that's the the, the one. That's that, the one to go to now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so two thousand twelve, and then we had Inner Speaker at two thousand ten, so two years. So squeaking into the decade, but I think out of the three albums that they brought out that decade, Lonerism is the one for me that I think. Oh, it's well, the one. It's the one that first. Obviously, the the one that. Myself, obviously, it's the one that got me into them. I'd not, I'd not listened to Inner Speaker. Ah, okay. Out. So for me, I listened to Inner Speaker and I really liked it. Yeah. I remember it coming out because because that, that a very different sort of unique sort of sounding, um, way different harmonising, different sort of way they use the instruments, all that sort of stuff. I know it's mainly Kevin Parker in a way, but then Lonerism came out and it was just like what Inner Speaker had, but then just more refined. If what I can remember. again, this is going by memory, so I'm not really listening to any of this stuff. Is what more refined what inner speaker were than going through a bit more sort of a, a different sort of route at the same time, and mm-hmm. that's what kind of made them such a unique because they're different sounding compared to anything else that was going out at the time. Um, did you ever did you revisit inner speaker inner speaker after then at all? Uh, you mean yeah 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 not not that recently. When <laughs> no no no. Um, so I, when you got in, into yeah, yeah. Uh, Lonerism, did you go back? Yeah. What I can remember, can, do, do I do, am I sounding like an idiot? Or? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like it's a bit more of a almost like a streamlined. It kind of yeah, it's knows, just way it more just, refined. Yeah, knows That's what why I recommend it. Anyway. Knows what it's doing a bit more. It's kind of more. Because remember, I remember almost. someone at HMV was saying, "Oh, well, it's just saying it sounds the same." Okay, well, it, it not like the, the the sound is fine. That sounds great. How 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 he goes about it, but it's like yeah, it does sound the same. In some parts, but again, it's just more mm-hmm, of a, mm-hmm. like a concentrated um, um, function of it all than rather than. I think I think you if you you could listen to pretty much all Tim Parlor stuff is the the way that his voice is. You could you could really argue that it all sounds the same, which it sounds the same as in you can listen to it and be like, oh, that's Tim Parlor. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, it's. It's it's not the same as in a speaker. It's a uh, yeah. It's a speaker felt a lot more raw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you know, they'll just trying they'll try and something to be exper- experimental, and then they realised there was still something there, and then right we rallied behind that sound, and then made made Lonerism, which is such a such a great album. It's an album I do, again we have discussed about doing the newest album, the full proper review, and it's 
an album I want to go back to before we do like, the review to, to kind of refresh my mind. Yeah. Should have done that before this, but never mind. But um, yeah, Lonerism, very, very good album. I don't know what, else, what, what more to say, really. But... Yeah, I, th- I think as well, we ca- you know, for, for one of the podcasts going on for about two hours, then we need to keep it sort of snappy, yeah. don't we? Yeah, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a quicker podcast. But we'll try to turn off. We say that. Um, so, uh, so then, yeah. Next one. Next one that we both got. K dot Kendrick Lamar. To pimp a butterfly. Twenty fifteen. Mm. Which is that? That seems pretty crazy as well. So that was the year that I left. In fact, teaching me. Yeah, what I remember for that one is, I was in. I was in college. You know that much. I can't remember if I was upper six or lower six. I feel like it was upper six. Uh, when the album came out. No, I feel like it was in lower six. Lower six. Not mid six? No, lower six. And it it was just like, I don't know, it was a, pretty, it was a big moment, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was a huge moment. Um, I mean, not that we're going to mention honourable mentions right now, but the his previous two releases I probably would hit by honourable mentions because Kendrick is, is different. That's he's, he's a different rapper. As for, before his age as well, he is phenomenally, you know, incredible in terms of like his, his how he constructs an album, and you know, now when we ever get the next album, I don't mind if it takes five seven years because you know it's going to be a solid album from beginning to end, and obviously the whole two pack you know poem mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. through the well pretty much the the narrative throughout the entire sort of thing, much like how we did good kid, good kid, Mad City. Um, section 80 previously before that as well it's just he knows how to he knows what he wants he's, he's focused enough and he's he's brave enough to make a different album than what we would expect I've got a lot of hip hop friends who would, rat, would, would would prefer Good Kid over to Pimp which I don't personally but I understand their grievances with it you know because it isn't a very hip hop album it's very it's got jazz influences. It's got you know, you know a lot about the you know African play, all the, all that sort of stuff, all mixed together into this this sort of, you know, pot of you know. Elevation in terms of what hip hop is now, like you know, you 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 get Kendrick Lamar, and you're gonna drop an album, you know, it's gonna have one few messages, and two, it's gonna be completely a concept, but it's not a concept where it throws it shoves it down your throat. You know, I like you know I look at bands like or groups like De La Soul who I love them and but then a lot of their albums, their concepts, the skits that they do, it's almost like you take you almost detracting away from yeah, yeah. from the uh, from the experience sometimes because it's because you can't always keep listening to the same same sort of skits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This was a little bit different. Again, obviously you have bits and parts or bits that can keep you know going keep um, increasing in the length of, of of what Tupac was saying and then it gets to right at the end where it's the full the full poem and then that and you understand the reason why he's done that, all that and, and kind of almost done it in like chapters and interludes in, in a really really sort of clever way I think it's a solid album I think you know he rightly got so much praise and critical acclaim not a Grammy but you know uh, Got his just who's showing that he's an important figure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, with so when I was thinking about, I were kind of between this and, and Good Kid. Um, I decided only to put one of them on just for the sake of having a, a bit more of a because otherwise, like you say, I could have 
pretty easily had three albums in the top 20 just, just from Kendrick. So I've, I've kind of left Good Kids uh, off. But then, yeah, it's just... And especially at the time when it came out, it. I think if I had, if I had to... And, I mean, I think quite a lot of lists have done this anyway. If I had, like really had to choose one album for the decade, I think it probably would be. Would be this album. And I, th- I think as well, it's that's partly why, given how great this one was, when, like, when Damn came out, maybe I need to go back and listen to it just taking away T-Pab from it, you know, not going into it thinking, expecting something like that. But I were, like, pretty disappointed when with Damn as well. I think because, you know... This is just a high level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the thing is with Damn is it's kind of, like, stripping back what he did with To Pimp. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a, it's a really good bridge between Good Kid and Dam. A good, yeah, Good Kid and To Pimp. Dam is, I think, because it's the same sort of. He's got this concept where you could actually listen to the album backwards. Yeah, yeah. As well as like you know, this, he's still telling a great story. You know, through through the project and through his sort of you know exper- own experiences as well. So I think the reason why Good Kid was so good is because. You know, you know for a fact Dre was properly executing it, so everyone was expecting mm-hmm. something anyway, and it actually delivered on the album as well. And the album was a great album and had great singles. To Pimp had great singles. I mean, the the U track was kind of polarizing in in hip hop. You know, King Hunter was obviously a massive, massive hit. Um, and then you also got like people on there, like you know, you got um Rhapsody. That most yeah, people know. Yeah. I've I've heard of Rhapsody for a long, long time, and no one would have heard of her until probably this album. Mm-hmm. You know, that's no, that's no dis disjustice to her, but like you know, it's that's what it is, isn't it? Really, it's, it's you know, he's such a big, well known name by that point to have some to put someone like Rhapsody on there and actually have her a breakout verse on there as well. Um, yeah, I think it's just. I mean, how many? What says it on here is what? There's only one main or two interludes. On there, and obviously. In the probably the, the back of most tracks is like that sort of uh, two pack, the interview type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it's just a incredible album. I, I don't really know what else to say about it. Really. Yeah, I think if there's if if you listen to the podcast and and you've not listened to that album, then you know what we've been doing for the last five years. Yeah. Go listen to it. These these are, these are going to be the sound bites. They're not going to be in depth. <laughs> I can't remember half the album anyway. But yeah. Um, so then, so yeah. that so those are the the joint ones that we have. So now moving on to again, blow for blow, our, our individual lists. Blow for blow. So my next one, chronologically speaking, twenty thirteen, gone Vampire Weekend, Modern Vampires of the City, which so. That was twenty thirteen. Just trying to think, what was what was when was twenty thirteen? I felt like this was end of high school kind of thing. So this was it makes me feel so odd. That okay. that was kind of kind of like indie in more more kind of indie gems, and I think this is probably those kind of albums I listen to. I think this is the I think pretty easily I'd say the the best the best one of. Of the of the decade, and again, it's one of those where, given what given coming off this album, that's why I think I were quite well. I was disappointed with the album last year, because 
maybe I do need to go back and just listen to it as its own thing. Mm. But coming off this, this was a just a a proper high point. And I think it's that kind of what you said about Tame Parlor with like the lo- the with lonerism. Because I do, I do think I, I really like. Um, you know, I think Contra was still the twenty tens. I think mm-hmm. twenty ten, twenty eleven, maybe something like I that. Think so, yeah. But I do feel like this is a more, you know, kind of streamlined. Refined. It's the album that got me into them. Yeah. Mainly because there was a remix to one of the songs by Daniel Brown featured mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. And I thought I'd check them out. I always kind of knew about Vampire Weekend, but never, never actually ever gave them a sort of any sort of listen or anything like that. But I remember checking this album and going, oh, okay, I, I now get it. And some why they're a, they're a big sort of indie, indie alternative sort of band. And the album's just sort of from beginning to end, what I can remember. Anyway. Yeah, I think Diane was the main single from it, which, like at the time, was especially in that kind of scene, was like a pretty massive song. So, you know, good song. Good song. But <laughs> I remember that being like absolutely, you know, huge at the time. And yeah, and I can still go back and listen to it and just, yeah, really great. Yeah, it's, and I won't go back to it, you know, when I eventually have all the time in the world, you know, <laughs> inherit Burner's watch so I can stop time, um, then yeah, I could I could do that. But yeah, that's it is a, it is a good album. Do you, do you ever remember the Danny Brown remix at all? Not, not. Not for when I first listened to it, no, not really. It's not on the album. I think like it was a deluxe like, album, or the deluxe version, something like that. They might put it on deluxe version. I can't remember, but I know that it was like a song that, that it was like a throwaway song. Danny yeah. Brown was on it, I'm, unless I'm just completely lying there. Oh, well, I do. I won't remember that for no reason, but because um, I remember like when like Aesop Rock did a remix to, it was like Tokyo Ghost Club or whatever they're called. Some indie band, and I was like, I only got into into them a little bit because he did a remix of one of the tracks. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how I remember things sometimes. But yeah, that was that's it's a good album. And I think it's uh, again, I want to go back to Contra and listen to that again because I've not listened to that for a while. Yeah, but like like you, I was disappointed with last like last year's album. I think it was a bit bloated and a bit too. What's kind of the word really? Um, can't think of the word. The word. I kind of know. I kind of get your gist. Yeah, you I know think, what I'm on about. I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. And I think people who probably listen to that album, especially off the back of modern Pretent- pretentious. Okay, okay. I think I think Vampire Weekend have always got an air of that around them. Mm, but I but feel like on Modern Vampires, it kind of managed. It's, it's, it's like, manageable. It's like palatable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas like last last album was fucking a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> so right. So to me now, to so you, blow for blow. Mm-hmm. Has to, if if it was if this was not going to go on the decades, it would be called blow for blow, wouldn't it? Blow for blow. Um, next for me is Kanye West's "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy." Twenty ten, right at the start of the decade. Here. Yeah, this was huge and pretty much set the tempo for the rest of the decade in terms of hip hop acts like Travis Scott and 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 you know people like that. Um, I mean, the thing is, why this is even even bigger is because, not just because of the guests on there, but the lead up to the album as well. So you might not remember because you're not younger than me, but. <laughs> <laughs> so the lead up to the album, what Kanye was doing, I can't remember how many weeks this went. I think I've got all the tracks somewhere on my on my uh, hard drive, because it might not be hard, might be hard to get now. But um, did the thing called Good Fridays. Mm-hmm. 
So a lot of these were tracks where it, they were they were freshly being made throughout the week, and then being released <clears> because you know they you know, because he wanted a bit more sort of promotion. Um, and some of the tracks were just kind of like almost like slight demo versions of like I remember there was like a demo version of was it Mon no it was um, so appalled. There's like almost like a demo version of that. There's like a demo version of Devil in a Dress, New Dress as well, or Red Dress, whatever it's called. Um, and like every track was just amazing because you, you have all these sort of big posse cuts with like Lloyd Banks is on it, you know, Mostef was on, on some tracks, Talib Kweli was on some tracks. And what everyone, the whole hip hop group community was like, can't wait for this next Friday every single time leading up to this this album even the uh, the Power remix with Swiss Beats that was I think is a better version of Power that's actually on the album and then the album drops and it still delivers even after all these tracks that have been knocking out of the park it delivers and I think it's just I mean the, my only issue with the album if I'm going to be honest in terms of replayability is the Chris Rock thing at the end that's probably the only thing I get kind of really irritated by. Yeah. But how we talked about Gil Scott Heron last, well, episode eight, it would have been, <laughs> or seven. Two weeks, two, yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> Just trying to think. Um, his, obviously, use, his use of his, his, his poem on who will, survive, who will Survive in America at the End is, now I think about it, is why I got into Gil Scott Heron as well, one of those sort of things, because I heard him on there, like, oh, who is this guy? And then that's when I started delving deeper into that. Bon Iver, he would, or Bon Iver, uh, if you want to call him that. Um, again, someone who I kind of only started brushing into getting into, mm -hmm. then was on this album, no really, really great track. Um, Pusha T with Runaway, I still remember the whatever watcher it was when there was, there was just, it was just a lot of piano just, just going din, din. You know, then Push comes on and starts you know, doing his verse. Um, then you got the big track Monster, which was a breakout verse for Nicki Minaj, yeah. who obviously over the past 10, 10 years is, you know, I wouldn't say dominated, but she's been a figurehead in, in sort of the female side of hip hop. And it's just a great album that is just, it's, it's kind of like, if you're going to make an album that's hip hop and you're going to do like a blockbuster film, this what this album would be like a good pop so I'm not talking like a typical throwaway Transformers Transformers uh, 9 The Revenge of <laughs> Megatron and Starscream um, no I'm talking about like an actual sort of really good pop where you know it's it's got quality throughout I'm trying to think like, like a Die Hard maybe that's what I mean I'm trying to think of I'm not saying it is like Die Hard <laughs> before anyone quotes me but it's a case of just like it's just banger after banger but it all it all seems seamlessly blends in and this is what when when did this album come out 2010 so we have just before that so before that was 808s and heartbreaks so which again was an experimental album so everyone was kind of um and hour and obviously good fridays came came with you know good credence with it all but then he just blows it out of the park with this and it's just like wow yeah. i think thinking back as well like Obviously, you know, gone back and listened to stuff before that, but I felt this is probably, again, given that I was, well, yeah, 13, 13, 14 in 2010, I felt this is probably the, the first hip-hop album that actually, you know, like, new album coming out that, I don't probably didn't listen to it actually at the time that it yeah. came out, but I think, thinking, I think this is probably the first one that I 
properly listened to all the way through and, and, and kind of went from there. Um, and I do think that, I think towards the end, there are a, a few tracks that I think it starts that strong. Like the first, I feel like the first, what? At least, the first six tracks at least. You can set them out. And that's just like, like you say, it's just that good. Every track. There are a few features here and there, whatever, that aren't as good as the other ones. But overall, I feel like the, 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 the album after that kind of loses it a little bit. I don't think it's as consistent all the way through as the start of it. But what what makes you think that, though? Because I, I don't entirely believe that. Because I just think a few a, a few of the tracks towards the end just not not fall apart, <laughs> but are not as... Not as strong. They're not as strong. I would. I yeah. probably would say that. I mean, the thing is, when you go to like, so appalled, that big, you know, big posse cut. That's you know, with RZA, you've got. I won't even show me on over there. Um, Side the Prince. Um, obviously, Push Jay Z's on there as well. All, all solid verses throughout. That's pretty good. And then you got Devil in a New Dress with Rick Ross, which Rick Ross, before then, wasn't really. Although he, although he released Teflon Dawn, he wasn't really like a staple. But then you hear him on this sort of this sort of you know great I think it's pianos if I can remember on on the really really nice instrumental and he just rocks up and, and it's easier. Then Runaway, obviously a big big track, which I think is a solid track. I do get when it gets to Hell of a Life, that's a bit of a ropey sort of song. Blame Game, I love the instrumental on Blame Game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then obviously you have got the Chris Rock thing at the end. Why can't that just be a skit that you can just skip? I know. Like, yeah. Um, and then you've got Lost in the World, which I think is great, and then, oh, yeah, got, yeah. And then the Who Will Survive in America, which is basically the Kill Scott Heron thing. Um, so I, I get where you come from in terms of like the big blockbuster hits around around the, the beginning part of the album, but then there's a few little different tracks there that I you know I still think is are solid enough, and I think it's definitely, you know, it's what Kanye never has come back to this Kanye since yeah that, yeah that's the thing so when i was thinking about it um because i've 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 not put any kanye in my top 10 probably even top 20 i don't think um but like when i was thinking about it it'd be either this or life of pablo and i like i really like the life of pablo but for different reasons and i mean we're not gonna get into it because we be here for <laughs> you know kanye podcast but yeah i do think that this like you know this kanye and the, it would it would kind of you know he's always had the 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 controversy around him and stuff out here but I do feel like this will going back to just it being about just making and this is impactful as well yeah, to the to yeah. the genre so that's what one I think is is sometimes some of the stuff that I've give, I've put in my list is has that it might not necessarily be my favorite album of that year or or during that decade but it's an album that I think has such enough impact that yeah, yeah. it impacted me in a way so that's an yeah. and, and I think maybe, like again for, for me like as a as a as a whole the album as a whole I don't think lives up to like the the best moments on the album if you get what I mean but like easily some of my, my some of my favorite songs of the last decade are, are, are from this album like easily yeah so yeah can't, cool. can't, can't really argue with that one so right over to me over to me so alphabetic not alphabetically <laughs> chronologically <laughs> speaking yeah. now jumping all the way to 2016 and i feel like this is probably more to do with the fact that this is when i started to listen to more music probably again you know like kind of in college yeah um gone for kind of pretty much a straight r&b slash pop album gone beyonce lemonade which b 
Yeah, I feel like again at the time when it came out, because I feel like it was a uh, try. I think at the time it was uh, I think it was a surprise album on it pretty much. I think. Uh yeah, I think it, I think it dropped randomly, didn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um. No, it definitely because one before didn't go one before. Drop Grace. She did all videos for it before, and then and they were all yeah all yeah. individual videos. So then this dropped. This was this were the when it were in that kind of you know title bullshit kind of you know <laughs> couple of years. Yeah. Exclusively on title, so I got the free trial. I kept pretty much. I feel like you know a lot of people are done. It came out this one with it a film with it as well. Film the film's actually never checked it. Yeah, it was good, but yeah, just looking back on this one again, I just. The, the the whole album's just just really fucking good. Because I, I listened to it when it eventually came. Well, then I did the thing with the free trial thing with Tidal as well to listen to it. But then I also... Then obviously re-listened to it again when it came onto Apple. Apple Music. Um, the thing is, what's so great about it, aside from the most of the music side of things, is that this obviously spawned from the whole sort of affair was it affair the, yeah that yeah. jay-z had which has spawned three incredible albums <laughs> which is the weirdest the, thing ever this is the thing about. yeah i'm usually against this kind of you know bullshit drama stuff but then yeah we've got this got 444 so you know carol and we've got solange's uh, yeah yeah what's it called the, the, <laughs> at the at the chair at the seat's chair seat's chair seat at the table seat at the table, seat at the table. <laughs> <laughs> um so which is i think is, is an incredible thing that i mean if you're looking at terms of like consistency over all three albums, this is probably the one that's up there. I, th- uh, th- I yeah, I mean obviously because the other two spoilers are on my list. Out of those three, this one is my the my favorite out of those three. In terms of if, if it was like my favorite, I probably would say Solange's one, but only mm-hmm. because of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can remember of uh, of of Lemonade, it was a uh, well, it was pretty much pop pop and R and B at its finest, isn't it really? Yeah, and I think they, again, they going back to what it's what it's about. The actual story that runs through the whole thing is pretty consistent throughout, but it doesn't take away just from it being a good album. You know, there's not too much emphasis on like trying to tell the story, or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but it's a shit song. It's just yeah, like I can't. There's not many on there that I think back to when I'm like. You know, I just kind of skip this one. I yeah, I mean, it's pretty... it, again, as I'm not going back to it again. I've listened to it for a long time, so. So, I mean, that only came out. It says 2019 on here. <laughs> I think. On Parker and but obviously it came in 2016 yeah. on the actual thing, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a great hour. It's just. It's almost an insight of, like, how her mind works when this all the, when all this was going on as well as her just trying to make an album at the same time. Um. Yeah, like I said, it's just pretty much pop and R and B, R and pop, pop and B. I think so. Yeah, for, for that type of album, it's just exactly what you what you want. Really. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So blow for blow. Over to you. <laughs> uh. So my next one is, uh, from two thousand and eleven. Earlier in the decade again, mm-hmm. which makes it harder for me to remember. <laughs> uh, um. Fleet Foxes, Help, Helplessness Blues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I <clears throat> I just got into Fleet Foxes probably just before this album came out. Like almost like on the precipice of this album coming out. Um with obviously the the self titled and the Sunshine EP as well. And 
I think the reason why I like them because they're they are that I don't you know I like them. I'm a big fan of the Beatles, and what Beatles always do really well is that that sort of harmonising sort of you know hooks and you know things of that nature. And then you've got Fleet Foxes who kind of do this a similar sort of thing, but because of the the sort of style of music, this alternative folk, you know, arrangements. <clears throat> My throat's like dying right now. Um, <laughs> then that's what for some reason that just kind of clicked with me, and it was I, I never really pr- actually listened to this sort of music before, and I wouldn't have done that if I wouldn't if I hadn't worked at H and V really. Um, and this album was just as much as I, t- I I've always kind of I go between the first album and this album quite often, but this album I think because it just got it's just again it's more of a you know hey we'll probably about say this quite a few times with certain albums that like maybe a second album or anything like that but it is more refined than what the the first album was. You've got a lot more sort of um, structure to it and but what. I remember, I remember listening to it. I remember, oh, maybe in an interview where they had like a, they had to like, they had like a, um, a, a time limit to actually get this done, and that's what kind of the reason why is, is kind of this sort of, this blues sort of motif is is over around this entire album, and it's obviously when Father John Misty was before Father John Misty when he was the drummer mm-hmm. during this album as well, which I think is quite a good thing to know, and it's just a track. It's just an album that I've I've go back to every so often. Um, the big big track, the shrine slash an argument, is probably my favorite track. It's always been my favorite track for a long, long time. Um, of all three sort of different pieces of like him going through this sort of breakup and then. I feel like that what, was on your that episode track. zero playlist. Uh, yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, 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 that was. Um, with the weird whale jazz <laughs> jazzing at the end, um, and yeah, I think you know it's just from beginning to the end. It's just a. You, you don't really feel it's an album you can, you can easily, easily go by and not think oh I want to skip that track you can just you just it's a, ple- it's a pleasant listen to it from beginning to end and it's just some really really good songs on there what, what, do you remember listening to this album much? Uh, yeah so again, with, with when it came out didn't listen to it when it came out yeah. um, I think I actually when I'm trying to think when I actually would have listened to Fleet Foxes probably you know, d- definitely till probably 2016-ish, 17-ish, I would have thought. Um, but, yeah, I think out out of the, you know, if like, it's not it's not on my list, but, you know, do get why it's on yours. I think thinking about it, I think I went back and listened to Fleet Foxes after the Father John Misty album in... The Honey Bear, when it was like 20, 2015, Bear. I think that yeah. was. But like, I listened to that and then went back and listened to Fleet Foxes from listening to that album, I think. And very different, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that you know, from the connection there. But yeah, I think if I was to pick Fleet Fox, it might be this one. And I can't again really argue with it being on your list. It's just, yeah, it's a really great album, yeah. I mean, again, like you know. I, I look at Crack Up, which is like what was my was my number one album of twenty seventeen. Um, because I think this was because maybe because of being a fan of Fleet Foxes, I wanted it to be as good, and it just delivered exactly what I wanted. I think Crack Up was a great next step of the evolution, um, of Fleet Foxes, and but this is the album I think if you want to know what Fleet Foxes sound like, and have you know very good structure in terms of all their songs, this is the one that you need to listen to. 
Um, so yeah, that's definitely one on, on my uh, on my list. What about you? Boom. Next? So next for me, uh, this was again similar to when I was thinking about Kendrick. I was kind of between uh, Good Kid and T Pop, but then I decided just for the sake of having you know a bit more of a some kind of variety in there, just go for one. Frank Ocean. I was between Channel Orange and Blonde, and I've I've gone I've given that we're in twenty sixteen now chronologically you know going chronologically, you you might have worked out I've gone for Blonde. The reason being, I feel like, I feel like Channel Orange is one of the is one of those where, it is, it is a a a great album, but I feel like part of, part of why I remember it being so good is because of what when I listened to it. And so I think Channel Orange was twenty twelve, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so when I when I listened to that, I'd have you know been what I don't know, like fifteen ish or some shit like that. Um, but then when Blonde came out later on, I just think Blonde is actually is is a more solid album, and the actual songwriting and through through the whole album is I think uh, quite a lot more consistent. Um but yeah, I am trying to think I'm I'm I'm, deba- I'm I'm debating this even now. I'm gonna go so I'm gonna stick with blonde. We're sticking with blonde. <laughs> you have to now mate. Yeah I do, I do. They're locked in. They're locked yeah, in. Yeah, I do, yeah. I never really got into Blonde and it's probably an album I needed to go back to again. I think because because he, he dropped Endless on it beforehand, that weird video thing. Yeah, so it was the, the yeah Endless, which I think is as he I think he's actually released as a. I might be next because it was good as a, as an album now actually. So yeah, end, Endless beforehand the video that was, yeah on a. Still loop a video. Up. Yeah, however, however long it was. I, th- I thought he'd uh, release it as an actual album for some reason. I think it might have been a physical release that did that into like a vinyl or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I suppose because I listen because I I. Watched the well, I watched last listen to like not nothing to watch really in that video, uh, and then I enjoyed that a lot, and then Blonde came out and I was like I did like Blonde a lot, but for some reason I didn't I didn't feel like I wanted to keep playing it like I did with Channel Orange. Then again, you look at Nostalgia Ultra, his mixtape, and that's like the most <laughs> that's probably his best work in my opinion. But again, you know, it's maybe it's an album I need to go back to. Um, I probably will do at some point. Yeah, I just I think it's I I, th- I think it's kind of hard to almost nail down like exactly what what I like about it so much really. I just think that I, I think again similar to the the Caddy one. I think some of these some of the songs in this album are probably some of my favorite from the the last decade. I probably do need to go back and revisit it because I don't think I've listened to it all the way through for probably. A, couple of years or so now i don't i don't think anyway i mean most of these albums that are on my list i've listened to for like years yeah yeah uh, and especially with it being a pretty a pretty long album i feel like you know I've, when i've when i've gone back to it it's mainly just been you know listen to a few tracks like the odd like, tracks yeah, yeah, like yeah singles and stuff um but yeah i think i i just think it, especially again kind of similar to other things i've said like kind of when it came out um and that kind of time when i were in that kind of you know kind of in college like kind of probably 17 18 something like that yeah it's up there cool blonde blonde um next on my list is the black keys 
Brothers. That's it. Um, <laughs> no, so this is again kind of going back to HMV uh, sort of days. This is 2010, this one's so again another early one, so it makes me even harder to remember it. Um, I never listened to Black Keys ever until this album came out, and um, my friend at the time who I used to work with, um, Emma, uh, she was a big, big Black Keys fan, and it ha so it happened to like when this album came out, there was a tour, uh, and they performed in Leeds Academy. Uh, I think she got she had a ticket, spare ticket. I can't, I can't exactly remember anyway. But we went to go see him live. Was even even more amazing. We went to see him live pretty much on the next sort of album as well, down in uh, London. Um, but it's just a incredible sort of blues alternative rock band that again I would never have listened to beforehand and didn't really know what their style was. And I think actually going back to it, what I do remember maybe it's one of the reasons why on I was on the precipice of liking them. Because Dan Ar Dan Arbuck, or or back, how we say his name, the main singer, he was on a track with Freddie Gibbs, on Freddie Gibbs's first EP. Which um, one? When? when was that? Straight Killer, no, not Straight Killer, no, but Straight Killer EP. I've got it on vinyl somewhere. I'm trying to find it. I was trying to find it the other day actually, and I think it's got. I already got. I'll just find it now whilst we're talking, and because of his voice, I was like, oh. Um, quite like you know the, how it how it sounds, and I think the the beat is very similar to kind of a black key sort of style thing as well. And it was when I think maybe just after Brothers came out is when Dame Dash, formerly well co-creator of uh, Rockefeller Records with Jay Z, he had an imprint with like Ski Ski Beats or um, a producer, I can't remember what they're called now, and they and then they collabed with. Black Keys to make a Black Keys sort of rap album, you know where they they were like all on songs. Yeah, yeah. was it like that? I can't, I can't maybe I'm speaking. Uh, maybe I'm talking live. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. It's all like hazy memory that I've got on here, uh, and this EP, if I can actually find it, no, I mean I probably won't even be on here will it. So when are we? When are we talking here? Are we talking late? Late noughties sort of thing here. Yeah. yeah, this is how I've 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 known about Freddie Gibbs for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, straight killer. And uh, yeah, oil money. No, twenty ten. So yeah, it's just it might be either during that or just before it, or maybe mm -hmm. it's when I when I started really getting to Freddie Gibbs was because of that album, and obviously Dan was on there as well, and it's a great. I won't say it's an album, but more of an EP. But then again, don't know what EPs or albums are anymore. I think twenty ten it was more. That was the EP. It was 35 minutes apparently, so maybe it was an album. Um, so yeah, it's uh, just a really, really solid album from beginning to end. Again, another one of those ones where it's... When I listened to their previous albums beforehand, again, it's it's, just, it's like an ele elevation of their sound. It's just This is all just a really good sort of... Well, how many tracks is it again? Let's have a look. Yeah, because what, what, what I... So I didn't listen to this in 2010. I, I did listen... I remember listening to El Camino when it came out in... We were El Camino just a year after, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think going back, this is... It, it, I think I think by quite a way, a lot better of an album than El Camino. Yeah, I really enjoyed El Camino. Yeah, I but, like it, but... But it, I think because... Even though you, what, you've got 15 tracks, and it's, what, 55 minutes um, on Brothers, and El Camino is 11 songs and 38 minutes... You think, oh, okay, well, it's 
it's more of a condensed version of like what Brothers was, but I think for every reason Brothers is much better because there's yeah. there's a yeah. lot more variation in the songs, um, and you know th- you know songs like you know Next Girl, um, which is I think was with a big single, Ten Cent Pistol is a great song. These days, you know, um, Never Gonna Give You Up, sort of like a heartfelt sort of ballad. You know, it's just really really great, and it's just that this is the thing I was I was so excited for their new album coming out. Um, last year, Let's Rock. I just wasn't. Again, it might it, it could be an album that I need to go back to because I'm, I'm maybe I'm, st- I'm still putting them on the precipice of of Brothers because even Turn Blue in 2014 and wasn't that impressed by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know it's one of those sort of things where I think even even so that like because I've said it for a few a, f- a few of the other albums where we've you know maybe we just need to listen to them on their on their own merits. But it is one of those when. When you know an artist is 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 capable of something that that good, it's always going to be a bit like, ah, okay, that's it, sort yeah. of thing. So actually, it must have been before yeah before I got into where that came out then because Black Rock, the one where I thought I was lying about, and I'm not lying about, where it's got like um, Black Keys as well as like all hip hop rap, rap, rappers on it. I'm not sure if they're all. I can't remember fully, but I remember it being a really good album that came out in two thousand nine. That was a year before I thought. Brothers came out in 2009, they obviously didn't, but um, yeah, I think if you like sort of uh, rock, blues, that sort of style, that's that's definitely an album. Yeah, for definitely, you. definitely. So, next one for me, moving on, now jump into 2017. Uh, kind of mentioned in, in passing before the Fleet Foxes thing, I've gone pure comedy, Father John Misty. I do, I do really like the I'll Be Honey Bear album as well, but I think this was just, again, speaking of albums that are just solid all the way through and kind of know what they want to say and just say it and it doesn't take away from there just being a great album, I think this is it really. I think probably some of the, I think probably some of like the best like songwriting, I think. Last decade, it's definitely his best song, right? Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. And yeah, anybody who knows Father John Misty, it's kind of say it goes without saying, but it's kind of like smart, it's funny, just really the actual T- tongue in cheek. Yeah, the actual music, instrumental wise, is just solid pretty much all the way through. And yeah, I think probably look that that year. There's a couple of other albums that are pretty, kind of up there for me, but I think definitely uh, a highlight for me. And yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I mean, the fact that I got to see him live up in Gateshead last year, or year before it was, that was phenomenal. It just showed like almost like where he's at now. And it's weird. Do you ever listen to his, his, when he did stuff as his, as his name, Jay Tillman? Uh, I don't think I have actually, no. Yeah. It's proper, like, it's not great at all. In, compa- in comparison to all the Father and Misty stuff, it's like, it's. It's like maybe he needed to be create this sort of moniker after after Fleet Foxes to actually then expand his yeah, sort of yeah. actual sort of um, lyrical ability. But you know, it, it, it was pretty it was pretty tough going. I, I listened to some of the stuff before. <laughs> I, I remember getting a vinyl, I never listened to it because I couldn't bother. <laughs> um, I think it was like some Edge or something like that, Saw or something like that. But yeah, phenomenal album. Uh, again, you know, I got into him because. I found out that he was a drummer on that on Alan's Blues, and then ever since then I've always been wanting to check him out. And I remember getting, 
I love your honey bear on vinyl, which I think is the last thing. Was it on CD on vinyl? That might be the last thing my uh, ex gave me, actually. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, um, I was so stoked when it came out. And I think even his album after that was just a good album as well. So he said four great albums in a space of like just a short period of time. That one being the best one, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think in the interest of time, we'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep moving. Yeah, definitely. So over to Bluffer Blow, over to you. So next is well, <laughs> what we talked about it at length last year. In episode five, whatever it was. Three. Episode three? The, 2000, the, the 2019. You know that episode three? Uh, I believe so. Oh, well. Don't even know my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Freddie Gibbs, uh, Madlib, Ban Dana. I won't go too much about it. Basically, revisit that episode if you really want to have more of it in depth. Solid hip-hop album. Great lyricism. Great beats. That's all I'm going to say. Move on. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it was our it was our joint when we did his joint list for twenty nineteen. It were, I say it was the top of that list one too. Um, probably our album of twenty nineteen. So, yeah, if you've listened to that episode, we go into it in quite a lot more detail there. If you've not, then listen to that episode and we'll yeah, there exactly. you go. I'll <laughs> go. go through. Um, amongst lyrical on there. So yeah, for blow for blow, you <laughs> okay? So for me, uh, next one again, twenty seventeen. Uh, again, another good year for music. Kind of that, going back to the R&B, not so much pop, this is more, I'd say, straight R&B. Uh, Scissor with Control. Again, just, uh, this is probably, I don't really, I can't really put my finger on why I like this that much because I think that kind of, like, if you compare it to the other albums, some other albums on this list, I don't think the... I don't know if it's like really as strong and as the songwriting's not as you know technically great as some other albums, but yeah. and this is one for me that I just really I can go back to all the time, listen to pretty much all the way through, and it's just a really 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 solid album and yeah I think hope it seems like this year you know it's, it seems like pretty much every year since then there's been like ums and ahs about releasing more stuff. It seems like this Which year... the same thing happened with this album. Yeah, yeah. It seems like this year, I think, probably will get something else. Well, the rumour is that TV are dropping loads of stuff this year, but yeah. I don't know if that's going to be true or not. Because we're now in, what, maybe approaching March. Or it will be in March when this episode comes out, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a great, really good R&B song. Um, some great, you know, features like, you know, Travis Scott, Kendrick, Isaiah Rashad, James... Fontal, Fontaloy, Fontaloy. Um I think since again, I think I understand where you come from because of what I can remember of the album is it's consistently great from from track one to track fourteen. But I suppose when you look at especially when you compare it to some like Beyonce's just pretty much pinnacle of R and B and pop, even though it's not a pop album. It's hard to like not compare it in a way because mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. very similar eyes. Um, I kind of hope she continues this path rather than goes the Beyonce path of being a bit too poppy. But yeah, 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 definitely. We don't know what's going to be if that's going to be the case. You know, if she can keep her sort of you know the way she does her sort of structure and her songs and 
you know, very a lot more songwriting goes involved in her songs than maybe other R and B songs happen. You know, there's a lot more thought process in, into yeah. it. Um, but I think it's a really really good album. Um, yeah, I think as well, kind of given when it came out, I think if you look at quite a lot of the that's the similar style R and B albums that came out the last couple of years. I think it definitely not paved the way, but you know, I think you can kind of look at them and bring it back to this album. I think. Um, because it, you know, for foreign art, I feel like for just like a, a straight R and B album, it got pretty big. Um, yeah, it, it was it was massive. Because, but is that because of Kendrick Lamar being the focal point in TDE, which is a good thing to have because yeah, then yeah. yeah, that star power that kind of brings people that probably wouldn't necessarily check as a out, but they have done because you know this this is the guy who's at the top of the rap game. He's co signing one of one of someone else. Yes, that is a charger. Oh, that's sick though. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just a really great album, and yeah, just one I can. I've, I've. It's a fun th- album as well to put yeah. on. And... This is com- compared to some of the other ones that we're kind of say, saying. I haven't listened to it for like five years. I've probably listened to this like many, many times over the last three years. So this is what I can definitely say, as in you know, I remember it and I can and and yeah. It's yeah, very good. I had to put the wrong album next to me. You did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, well, I was about to say blow for blow, but Chris is... I would put this one. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think that. Okay, yeah, so the next one is... I think because I like all their albums, that's probably why. That needs changing on our actual list then, because it, it, went over, it went on to our actual list, I think. Let's have a look. Yeah, yeah that's it there, so you okay. need to change it there. Right, so... <laughs> um, fumbling about... Uh, Parquet Courts, twenty sixteen. Does that same year we just had before? I think twenty seventeen. I think. Right. Um, Human Performance. <laughs> I did have it down as Wide Awake, which is the last album they they dropped into. And for some reason, I was thinking about that one. Um, yeah. So Parquet Courts are a really cool sort of post punk. Well, post punk indie rock, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I say post punk post post punk pop though. I say they're not not pop at all. Um, yeah. So or even even here on 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 Apple it says Brooklyn art rockers. Maybe they're art rockers rather than than art uh, rock. I would I would say the way the way it sounds, where how it's all the sort of vocals are, the more post punky sort of vocals mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, yeah, human performance is just is just is probably their best album in my opinion. Uh, although <laughs> obviously three think about it then um i, I think because I, I saw i saw the uh title um wide awake and i thought oh that's the blue album in it but it's not um it's human performance uh this is a, just a really really good album where again a bit like um a bit like brothers and uh, with uh, black keys where the other albums are great and you know i would probably say that Discography wise, Parker Cots are better than better discography than, than Black Keys. Um but you know, when you've got Light Up God, which is their first album in 2013, which I is more post punky than than the other albums are. Um then the next the year after that you had Sunbathe and Animal, which again was at their sort of evolution. Content Nausea, which technically was not an album, but it was an album. And then Monotastic Living came out in twenty fifteen, which is just a it's an EP of sounds, I would call it. <laughs> um, and then you can get to human performance. So, be- so before this came out, 
I was obviously really excited anyway because it's parquet courts. I was quite dubious because of wanting to sit living being a bit lackluster. Um, but also I got to see them live, I think, this that year, 2016, when it, when it came out, or maybe the year after that. And but it must be that year because they perform most of these tracks. And it's just a really, really, really good album showing the sort of range of, you know, the, the songwriting chops, the... Again, the sort of sounds they do, they do. So I suppose in some ways, say art rockers, they is they they do things more more experimental, but a palatable at the same time. They're not being too experimental. We can't we call it experimental. Um, and I think yeah, I think you know Andrew Savage is just you know he dropped a really good solo album to be honest as well. Um, sorry to bore you, bore you, uh, uh, James. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a really really solid album. Again, we could probably, we could probably be saying this for every single album, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just uh, I mean, you got Captain of the Sun, which is a great track, um, very sort of um, if I can remember correctly, very sort of uh, hippie sort of sounding. But you've got that they also released a really good remix of that with Bum B, a very very famous Houston rapper, and it's just you know, I I just can't. This album really is just amazing. I think it's just got such yeah. a various varying styles. I think as well, I kind of get the you know your your little slip that you had when you put wide away because I think for me they are almost on par with each other really. yeah this is a, this, this would edge over a wide awake quite yeah. easily but yeah. um, in terms of wide awake is very again wide awake is again a solid solid album and I love we love wide awake a lot I just think this album is a bit better because some tracks I just prefer like yeah. you know you've got Burley got Blurry which is great One Man No See which I love um, the actual human performance track is really really good um, it's just and I I love it as an album that I can easily go back to over and over again. I should have done really before this, but yeah, <laughs> it's definitely an album. And if you like any sort of post-punk sound or indie rock sort of sound, these are people that I've just fallen in love with and I just will check every single thing they do. And yeah, definitely. definitely. They, yeah, they haven't released, they haven't released anything for a while now. Well, first Wide Awake came out two years ago, but hopefully something soon. We'll see, yeah. Especially especially when you... Because I didn't realise that... I. Fa- for me, I feel like they've been around longer than they have been. No. But then, yeah, when you look back as to how quickly they did, I know, again, some of it's not, you know, a full album almost, but, you know, early early days releasing stuff. Well, even that Milano album where they do with uh, Danielle Lupi, I didn't even know that even came out in 2017. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I found it and I was like, oh, right, cool. Um, and that was a great album as well. But, I mean, it's just, yeah, Human Performance is probably their magnum opus so far. Mm-hmm. I reckon they can do it better than that as well. Yeah, so my right, my last three, we we have talked about them on previous episodes in that kind of pretty much in depth. So I'm gonna break from the format and I'm just gonna rattle through my last three. Okay. Because again, Time. you know, podcast <laughs> listeners really should should be listen should should already know this stuff. So when we talked about, well, oh I see two okay. uh, two <laughs> episodes ago I suppose now um because you've just listened to it pretty recently. So Rosalia uh, L Malcara came out in 2018 uh again it's kind of well it's different to anything else that is on my list again the flamenco kind of influences i just yeah it's just a really it's just really well written uh the fact that it's in spanish and i can't really don't really know what's actually been said don't really take away from it no um but yeah very very, very, very good album. In in fairness, I was almost uh, Rosalia the the I think Los Angeles album I think it's called, which came out a couple of years before. That's that's really good as well. 
but I think this edges it for me. But again, we talked about this when you'd listen to it in episode eight. Yeah. So listen to that. And then two that were on my list from last year. So again, go listen to episode three. I believe it's episode three. It is, I checked. <laughs> to, to actually talk about this. Um, we've got an ego. I was kind of between this and Flower Boy, but I think he said on the on the on the episode in episode three that this edge Flower Boy for me. So, yeah. Well, like I said, I preferred it over the Flower Boy. Yeah, way, so. yeah. So, and I like I kind of had to have I felt like I had to have Tyler on there. Just felt like I had to do <laughs> your boy. And uh, the Charlie XCX album Charlie from last year, probably nonstop raved about since he, he talked about it on on episode three. It's a good album. It's a good album. And yeah, it's just uh, again go listen to the go listen to the episode. It one of my one of my favorite I albums the album last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, about why. So yeah, those are my those are the ones rounding out my personal top ten. What about your last three? Because your last three we've not talked about. Well, we talked <laughs> no. about that. I suppose it's a couple briefly on episode zero, but not like the full album or something uh, really. So yeah, and the, these three that I I don't I don't want to do justice, but I probably won't be able to, especially at least one of them. Um. Next one will be on my, on my list is uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seas Push the Sky Away. Uh, this is the album that really got me into Nick Cave. I was all into Nick Cave beforehand um, because of his weird sort of, you know, poetry. Show. Well, but it is poetry, I suppose, in how, how he kind of uses his vocals around, you know, hauntingly over, over sort of, you know, very amazing sort of backdrop of instrumentals by uh, Warren Ellis and the rest of the band. And... This is the album where it just again you got some crazy stuff where it talks about Hannah Montana in one of the tracks and um when I think it's on Higgs Boson Blues in fact and then you got the the actual song Push the Sky Away, which is one of my favourite songs of the last decade probably quite easily. Uh, what I won't put it in this one because I think that's on one of my tracks on I think it is episode two, yeah, yeah. Episode two um, it's just got a really interesting sort of thing because you got like a track called Jubilee Street. And I can't remember exactly what it was about. But then you got later on, a few tracks later, called Finishing Jubilee Street, which is like almost like looking inwards in itself. Mm-hmm. It was really, really clever. Uh, and I think it's just, it's if you want Nick Cave, where it, I, I would say this is quite, it's not, the thing is, obviously, with the death of his son, kind of came after this at some point. That's when Skeleton Tree came out. And that was already very dark as it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the album last year, Ghost Team, which is again another phenomenal album, um, had more lighter tones to it, but still kind of dealing with that grief. This is just before that, and I think this is one way it's a little bit easier to kind of digest a bit more, because um, it's still a bit st- it's still a bit stripped back. This is not like the Nick Cave of when I first listened to him, which is Dig, Laz- Dig Lazarus Dig, which is quite heavy, and then I got into the Grinderman sort of stuff where it was just free sound stuff, and that was just mental. Um, this is still. I still like this Nick Cave, the strip back Nick Cave. But I think this is kind of like the one that's easy to get to. If you want to know what Nick Cave sounds like, most, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, the most the most approachable one. The next one I'm going to go through is <laughs> Death Grip, Death Grips, the Money Store. Yeah, this was pretty close on mine actually as well. Like, this really, was, I was hoping yeah. it might have been as well yeah. actually. And it didn't, it didn't quite make it in, but I kind of felt right. So. There was a lot more um and ahhing about where I should put this in my if I should put it in my ten or not. I mean, I honourable mentions wherever they are. Um, 
I was like, should I put Death Grips on there? Or am I just putting that to, to, to make myself look cool? <laughs> <laughs> so they came out in 2012. Uh, by the way, Push the, Push the Skyway came out in 2014. Um, so this came out in 2012, the money store. So what's your <laughs> what's your um, take on Death Grips? Did you, had you listened to them before this album came out? No, and I, I don't... I, I didn't listen to this when it came out either. I, I don't even... I can't remember really remember when I got into Death Grips or how I got into them. Because it wasn't like... Uh, it wasn't like there were a new album that came out and I was yeah. like, oh, I'll listen to this and then listen back to them. It was just some sometime in the in the middle of the decade. I just, you know, came across them. I'd listened to... Th- this had already come out. Um, it was before... Before that, there was the, the mixtape Ex-Military. Yeah. It's not on. It's not on Apple Music. Yeah, so I'm thinking it must have been like kind of 2014, 2015 ish when I actually first uh, first got around to them. But I mean, the easiest way to describe them is post, not post punk rap. In fact, yeah, yeah. they've been punk rap before. Really, uh, it's very very unique sounding. I think the rap is called MC Ride. I could be mistaken there, um, but it's just this sort of aggressive. Although people will say hip hop music is aggressive anyway, but it's like this overtly aggressive, sort of almost shouting in a way, but in a punk in mm-hmm, a punk mm-hmm. sounding way, um, and they're just fucking unique, <laughs> and I think that's why I really, really like them. The Money Soul was their big, major label label sort of debut, and it delivered. Again, this is the game going what eight years ago. And I can't remember it fully off the top of my head. Um, it's just. I think because it's because it's it's this shouty sort of stuff. It's it's it's, it's the rap equivalent. I don't want to say it's like punk rap. It's the rap equivalent of a, of a metal album, mm-hmm. where it's completely out of the sort of not ordinary, and it's probably not for ev- not everyone's cup of tea, and it won't be for everyone's cup of tea. This is called, it's a very unique sounding band, but again, it's a, a again it's, it's anti sort of establishment. It's anti sort of everything really. But then it's just. Don't know. It's just that they've been good, and they've, I would say they've been pretty consistent throughout the entire decade as yeah, well. Yeah. Um. Some people may not say that. I mean, I, I suppose when Year the Snitch came out two years ago, I think maybe my point of listening to them or need to listen to them had gone away, and I wouldn't didn't really feel the album as much. Is an album I would love to go back to because when I, when I, when thinking about even the Money Stars, like you know what. These guys are great, and I remember when that the album came out after that. No love, deep web with the, the penis on the on the, uh, on the front cover. I remember when that came out on HMV, and we had to have. I think there was like, oh, it was because obviously they couldn't just show that in in, in shops. They were, it was like in a special sort of. Uh, I think it was like a black foil was around it, Rock. Okay. if I remember correctly. Um, so I remember that been coming out, but yeah, that was quite funny. But yeah, they're very unique. Even that. Even that album for Money Store is very unique as well. I think it's probably their best album in terms of what you, if you want to know what, again, a bit like what I was saying about Push the Skyway, this is the album that if you want to know what they sound like, you get every bit, everything from yeah, that album as well. Um, and then lastly is A Tribe Called Quest. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Um, so this is the album, the first album and the last album. Well, the first album after uh, Five Dog d- passed away. Uh, probably definitely will be the last Tribe album. I can't imagine making their album, especially how good this album was. Um, 
I went into a lot of trepidation. Um, be, I mean, the thing is, my favorite um Tribe Called West albums have always been Low End Theory. Due to the sort of jazzy sort of nature, some raw elements, and I think it's just pretty much what I want from like these those two guys making an album as well as and lyrically as well as musically. Um, so when their last album before that was the Love Movement that came out early two thousands, I think. I was just checking that now whilst we're talking. Yeah, uh, Love Movement ninety eight, which I think had, although we mentioned in previous episodes, Jay Diller produced some tracks on there. I think if I remember correctly, or did some did something to do with that. Um, and then this yeah this album came out. I think it was if I remember correctly, what twenty sixteen. So it came out completely out of the ordinary, as in no one really knew this was happening. A bit like the Gangstar one with Primo and Osaguro passed a long time ago. I can't. I fully can't remember that to be honest. I'm sure that was the case. But this was like an album that we all weren't sure what it was going to sound. We didn't know what was the what was the Tribe Called Quest now in in sort of mid mid tens of this of this sort of new century. What were going to sound like? And they sound like like they never left. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just it's it's probably my second favorite Tribe Called Quest album. I don't think Low and Theory will ever be beaten. I need to get that on vinyl as well, but it will never be beaten. But this album is just, just yeah. so so good. It's I think just... part of it as well, like not not to, I'm not saying this to take away from how good the album is, but yeah, part the the fact that it did almost come out of, you know, just come out of the blue almost, yeah. and it is yeah as good as it actually is. And the fact that it's it's you know obviously they've been working on it, um, before his passing, mm-hmm. uh, as well, and so you know it's. It's sad that five five's not no longer with us, but I mean, because it would have been nice to maybe see if they could do a follow up, or maybe the five album that's meant to be coming out for years now could could come out at some point. Um, I think if you know Tribe Called Quest, they're basically just conscious backpack rappers, uh, well group, um, part of the Native Tons back in the day. They just it's that that sort of golden age sort of De La Soul type of sounding, because most people most people know De La Soul more than I think Tribe Called Quest. Yes, yeah. Um, De La Soul sort of sounding sort of band I think Tribe's probably better than De La Soul dare I say it um, I think I prefer Tribe I prefer Tribe only because of, I mean Low in Theory just blows everything out of the water for me but um, this album is just great and it's just pure pure hip hop at it's finest where you've got all the conscious stuff you've got all the sort of really good hits everything you want from, from a hip hop album that's not what people think hip hop is in terms of stereotype it's, it's, it's very much that's an album that came out ten years ago. That would or twenty years ago. That would have inspired Kendrick. You know, that's a, that's a sort yeah, of album yeah, like that, that it would have been. Um, and I think it's definitely worth a listen to um, if you get a chance. Yeah. So that wraps up our individual top tens. To to recap to recap, uh, mine, Tim Pilot Lonerism, Vampire Weekend, Modern Vampires of the City, Kendrick Lamar's Pimple Butterfly, Beyonce Lemonade. Frank Ocean, Blonde, Father John Misty, Pure Comedy, Scissor, Control, Rosalia, El Macara, Tyler, The Creator, Igor, and Charlie XCX, Charlie. And mine, Kendrick, To Pimp a Butterfly, mm-hmm. Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Fleet Foxes, <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say then, Helpless, Helpless as Blues, um, The Black Keys, uh, Brothers, Freddie Gibbs and Madeleine Bandana, Packet Cards, Human Performance, 
Nick Cave and the Bad Seas, Push the Sky Away, Tame Empire, Lonerism, Death Grips, The Money Store, and I tried Cold Quest. We got it from here. Thank you for your service. Boom. So we then, in the in the most scientific way possible, we have then compiled the official Peter Spice Show top ten albums of the twenty tens here on episode ten. So here Convenient. we go. This is in. We'll do this in chronological order. No, 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 fa- no favoritisms here or anything like that. Yeah, it's not a top ten where this is number one. And yeah, number 10, yeah, no. yeah. So we've got. Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Fleet Foxes, Helpless Blues, Tim Parler, Lonerism, Kendrick Lamar, Tim Pippin Butterfly, Parquet Courts, which one did you eventually settle on? Human Performance. Human Performance. <laughs> uh, Scissor, Control, Rosalia, Amar Karat, Father John Misty, Pure Comedy, and then, ran it out from last year, Bandana, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib, and Charlie by Charlie XCX. I feel like that is... I was reading them out of order, so I feel like that was... Yeah, I was looking like how you were reading this. Yeah, I was reading them out. So I think that I think that's all of them. So just... just you... As we've got a number written down, I feel like that was in chronological order. So <laughs> Kendrick, Tim Parler, Charlie, uh, Baggy Carl, Scissor, Rosalia, Kanye, Fadro Mistip, Freddie and Madlib, and Fleet Foxes. I feel like we did read all those out. So there you have it. That is the official, not to be argued with, top 10 albums of the 2010s. Which I think is a pretty... I think I'm happy yeah, with that list. I'm, I'm happy, happy with that, with that list. list as well. I think it's pretty decent. It's gone longer than I thought it would have done this, this podcast. Well, so we'll, uh, we'll do a playlist with tracks from all the albums on. Or every, everyone that we've talked about here. So we'll do... It'll be... We had two crossing over, didn't we? So it'll be what? 28 tracks yeah so, and then you can then obviously from there we'll do I think as well we'll do it from we'll link the songs you know put the songs on the playlist like from the album so you can then get the album from the song if you get what I mean from the playlist. oh I see what you mean from them, yeah um, but yeah check them all out we do have honourable mentions but I feel like we're a bit kind of tight for time now yeah we can probably put like as a as a post on like yeah. Instagram or something yeah, like yeah that. I like that I like that on Twitter but, but yeah um, obviously this is a week where we some some Something could have happened during episode 9 till, to 10, because we're obviously pre-recording this. And we will talk about that shit. We will. We will talk about that shit. But it, what I was saying, though, if if that if something major does happen, we may not catch it. Or tell us. Tell us. Tell us. So, yeah. So, back next week with your regularly scheduled programming. We'll have two weeks of albums to catch up on. Great. Which I'm sure we'll have talked about the week before, in the episode before that you're... You listened to a week ago. We're recording <laughs> this time, tomorrow. This time, this time lapse. Very confusing. Uh, but yeah, again, as always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all your favourite podcast apps. And yeah, if we've if you disagree with anything that shouldn't be on there, if you think we've massively missed something out that definitely should have been just, on there. Just reporters, reporters. Yeah, just flag us and yeah, yeah just report to the police. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let us know. And yeah, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, cool. Uh, to the new decade to, to see you in 10 years well they'll still listen to this next yeah, but, week yeah yeah but if you in want 10 years, in, in 10 years in the next years, decade episode next decade, decade episode. review see you next year see you in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> see you later bye peace